Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to this week's Under the Noise with me, Wynne Morgan, and my wonderful co-host, Kate Roberts. Hi, Kate. Hi, Wynne. It's just Kate and I chatting today. Just before we started recording, I just read out an email that we had from a very regular listener of ours and said, I'd love your take on boundaries. And it was interesting because as I was reading that email as it hit this afternoon into my inbox, I thought, what boundaries? So I read further. And there was a mix of how do I stand up for what I want in a way that is flexible, not, not overly abrasive to other people, and ensures that I don't feel taken advantage of. That's my summary on what I read in that email. So, Kate and I thought we would just riff off that and see where we go. And just before we started as well, Kate said, so who's doing the introduction today? And I, I kind of wanted to for a very good reason. I'd ask her first, so give me time to think of what I would riff on regarding boundaries. But I'm going to keep that a bit a secret to myself. I'm just going to keep that as a thought inside my head and never let it come out again. So no one heard that, okay? You didn't hear me? Kate, you didn't hear me? No, I heard nothing. You, you Lidisla, you don't hear what's going on sometimes just inside my head. All right. So when... When you think about boundaries and, and what our friend, the listener, emailed us about, what, what comes up for you? Good question. Well, I guess first let me say uh, thank you to our listener who posed the topic for us because I love that. Mm. You know, I've been... Um, a people pleaser most of my life. I think it just seemed easier, you know, to kind of sense what people need or people want from you and to be that person, not rock the boat, you know, keep as far away from those uncomfortable feelings of you know, that show up around conflict. So while people-pleasing, when unexplored, seems like it's something about other people, it's really just about whatever story I told myself about that uncomfortable feeling of um, conflict or not being understood or 
being disagreed with or not seen as being a pleaser or not, you know, the person who gets along with everyone. That was always about me. Um, so when it came to boundaries, what seemed like, or maybe even what started as boundaries, like healthy boundaries, they were more about protection. Um, and I found that I had unknowingly built up these emotional walls around myself. Because for whatever reason, whatever stories I came up with around conflict or being judged or not being liked or seen as the good girl, somehow created this feeling of vulnerability that I needed to protect myself. And so whatever boundaries I set up, I don't think they felt like, at least in the past, I don't think that they felt like a love for myself. They felt more defensive in nature. Mm. Like I needed to be protected somehow. That seemed really real for a long time. But lately the things that I've begun to see about how thought creates our experience of life and our feelings, everything's started to change, at least the way that I see them. And I find myself very gently creating boundaries without the need to protect myself. It comes from a, mm. a loving space. Because when you don't have a story around what that means and needing to be protected, then you just say what you need and they feel that as well. It's not charged up as yeah. much. So have you got any examples of boundaries you had in place that were self-preservation and the, the the more late the more recent boundaries of from a place of love you know the first one that comes to mind when you asked me that question was like physical boundary hmm. um and so when i was younger and it became more of a they felt more like walls than boundaries that I needed to protect myself. If there was ever this conflict or uncomfortable feeling, I didn't want to be close to anyone. So even with partners or I didn't want to hold hands and have a difficult conversation. I wanted a physical, a very physical separation that I don't really seem to need anymore. So it was something that emotionally I needed walls and that translated into like a physical, I need my space while we're having a conversation that might be difficult. Yeah. 
and it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense anymore they need that so it's not something that I intentionally decided I was going to change I just found that I didn't need it you okay if I ask some more is this your way of getting out (laughs) well that'd be one benefit that i don't have to talk about what i see but awesome you know i'm gonna ask but go ahead you're gonna ask that anyway but here's what i'm you know curious about in listening to you what was it that you were protecting that you've now seen that doesn't need protecting i think it has to do with it goes back to my thoughts and ideas about what makes me okay. Hmm. You know, we started a very young age creating those thoughts about what we've decided makes us okay in life. And they're as unique as snowflakes. Everyone world of what makes us okay yeah and for me one of those things was an avoiding of that uncomfortable feeling of confrontation confrontation and conflict felt very uncomfortable for me so as long as i could avoid that feeling of being uncomfortable i was okay and then what I've seen in the last few years is that it's all made of thought. That's my story that felt really real for a long time. And so as I started to see what that was made of, I found that I, I needed to control my experience less. That I could be in a confrontation or a conflict and still feel steady. Now that doesn't mean that (laughs) I never get caught up and I don't get upset. Like I stay zen through every confrontation and that is not how it happens, but I've seen more and more about how little I truly need to protect myself or this idea of who I am or what makes me okay. I read recently about someone said that that living life as a yes, that even if you're saying no to someone and drawing a boundary, you're saying yes to you. And you're offering them your greatest gift. I think this is Byron Katie. You're offering them your greatest gift. Which is your truth. So even sometimes when we need to say no, we're actually saying yes to us, and it always comes from love. And I love that. That speaks to me. I don't think that's not a direct quote, but that that really speaks to me because it's a beautiful boundary, but it's coming from a, a space of loving yourself and loving them enough to be honest. I love that. 
right one. <laughs> What's the question? <laughs> what do you think right now? And it is it right now. Up? Yeah. Yeah. Because in listening to you, I had two memories come back from actually three. Let's see if I remember the third one. The first two from when I was really young. Because you talked about boundaries get set up from a very young age. And I remembered my brother's three years older than me. And his favorite color was red. My favorite color was blue. If I had the red cup or the red plate to eat from, I wouldn't be okay. Not because of him or anything that he might say, right? He might not have even been there, but no, I'm not okay because this isn't mine. This isn't the blue one. What are you giving me the wrong color for? This isn't. And I'd, I'm pretty sure, well, I've been told, in fact, I was quite a headstrong. Very, when I was very young, I was very headstrong. And parts of it I do remember. So it wouldn't be a surprise to me that I would have a tantrum if I was given the wrong color cup and made to eat from um, being my food on the wrong color plate. <laughs> and the other thing then, a little, a little older, we had placemats at dinner, me, my brother, my mother and my father, and the four of us having dinner every night around that dinner table. And the placemats were pictures of really old cars, as in cars from around between, say, 1901 and 1914. That kind of era. Beautiful cars. And if I didn't have my placemat with my favorite car on it, all hell would break loose. I would not sit down unless I had the right one. So if anyone else has had that's mine. It's my placemat. That was an invisible... It's a boundary that I wouldn't have even called a boundary. I might not have even known that existed as a word back then. Um, in, in that place anyway. Yeah. So it, it was just interesting to me in listening to you about that we start from a young age and how things like that my okayness came down to the right placemat and the right colored cup and plate. It's interesting in remembering that, that I would do that at such a young age without even being told that I made my okayness about that. So I, I'm pretty sure I had lots of these boundaries, invisible ones and build my own walls. But I also remember when I was 19, I started in a relationship with someone that lasted for quite a while. And we were quite uh, intense very early. We'd known each other for a while as friends and then their st spark started flying. And I think both of us were seeing somebody else to begin with. And eventually then we got together. And in previous relationships, the few that I'd had before then, I remember I was quite assertive. And for some reason with her, I'd become a walkover. So any kind of 
I'd like this relationship to work this way, and I'd like it this way. All of that went out the window. And she even said to me, in, you know, probably in our first or second week, for heck's sake, when stand up to me. And it's funny that I, I'd forgotten about that until mm. we were talking, right? And that's, I was 19 a long time ago, right? Um, if I am counting, it would have been well over 32 years now that would have happened. And it's funny how from one extreme to the other in that circumstance, in, in the different way of, of being. And, I, and I, I could make up reasons why I did that with her in the early days. But it's funny how fluid all of this stuff is. And how still, I would still think that my being a walkover, a pushover, was still my hope to be okay. Because I was really wanting to be in that relationship. So pretty much, short of poking my eyes out, I'd have said yes, which is not healthy. And in the previous way, if I don't get the blue, blue plate on the right old car placemat, all hell would break loose. And that's the same person. Fascinating, isn't it? And today, I just notice in where, where I'm thinking about my life right now. I know my okayness doesn't have any bearing from the outside world, from circumstance, from the stuff. And it still is common sense for me to not be walked over. It's still common sense in the way that I work with companies and private individuals that there are terms, mm -hmm. terms of agreement, a, a contract that is effectively ways of working that are boundaries that just help us navigate how we work together. Sometimes they matter. A lot of the times they don't. But you're right, the, the, the feeling of I'm okay and I'm, I'm okay regardless and sometimes boundaries are really helpful as opposed to my okayness depends upon my boundaries are my, are my walls being high and 10 feet thick. And I'm pretty sure as well that I have loads more invisible boundaries that play out in my life that still are in the guise of keeping me safe and they're not. They're keeping me boarded up. I'm sure there's more there. Well, some people might say, oh yeah, you've got bundles of them or one and it really is 10 feet thick. So there's no perfection in myself in the way that I see boundaries and how they play out in my life. But there's a genuine progress in my mind along the same lines as what you've said.
and still sometimes I will behave as if my heart is made of glass, <laughs> as opposed to be infinitely, infinitely resilient emotionally. Might take a while, but always bounce back. It doesn't shatter. Just feels like it does. I've always found that <clears throat> if my okayness isn't wrapped up in it somehow, weighing it down, mm. you know, with a bunch of thought, and oftentimes I don't even recognize, you know, sometimes they're happening, these thoughts are happening and weighing it down without me even seeing it. But when I when there's a lightness to it, when it has nothing to do with my okayness, interesting. Sometimes I find that I don't need the boundary. And then other times, it's such just a clear, solid, very not wishy-washy boundary. If I sense that it's needed. Mm. But then when I'm, if my okayness is wrapped around it, there's a whole lot of, and people can feel that, you know, people sense that it's a defensive thing. And there's all this unspoken, because if you do, then, you know, it's the very, or else, you know, the things that we don't say are felt. But I love when it's light. And clear and even more when it doesn't have to be said at all because I'm clear on my okayness and sitting in the middle of that from that space I love when I don't even need it I think it's very easy to thingify boundaries yeah. and in classical um couples therapy it would often be a cornerstone of it state your boundaries and stick to them mm. and i'm not dismissing that there are times i'm sure that can be really helpful and yet the other layer of it in my mind is going back to what you said if the boundary makes sense in that moment and not tied up to our okayness Sounds like a really smart thing because that's what common sense sounds like. Mm -hmm. And when it's heavy with self-judgment or judgment on the other person and our okayness depends upon it, maybe seeing it is, we're seeing it in that moment, askew. It literally might be that simple. Because it's, you know, in listening to you and what you said, which I loved, one way of saying it would be that when we're clear, common sense is visible. It's just an obvious thing about what to do. Oh, okay, well, let's agree on this. Oh, really? But it's totally different from, let's agree on this. Yes. It's a whole other feeling to mm -hmm. it that is set up for confrontation and then what happens is we're dealing with each other each other's okayness 
as opposed to the situation about what we want to agree on and eventually have a meeting of the minds on. It's much harder when there's the emotional baggage and tie-in. It's a cool thing to explore, Kate, now. Mm -hmm. Thanks, man. Thank you, Kate. And thanks to our avid listener, again, for sending in a request, which you can do the same. You've been listening to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts, and I'm here with Wynn Morgan. If you have any questions or comments, or you also have a topic that you'd love for us to chat about, you're welcome to email Wynn or Kate. Our details are either below on YouTube or at the end of the recording if you're listening. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.